Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodhi, and I am your host. All right. I admit it. This is late. I apologize. The reason why it's late is I have been feeling a little bit under the weather lately. I've had a headache, and I don't know if it's because it's really hot in Arizona right now, and it's hard to stay hydrated, or if it's more of something that is kind of lingering from falling down and cracking my head on the uh, cabinet and on the ground. So it, it, it was just very difficult for me to concentrate to write the show on Friday and then also on Saturday and Sunday and Monday and Tuesday. Actually, Tuesday, I started doing the writing for the show and I finished it up today. So, yeah, let's let's move on. There will be a show today, Wednesday, July 3rd, and there will be a show Friday, July 5th, because most of the July 5th show is already recorded. It's a new month. So I want to thank our Patreon supporters. Let me pull that up here. In reverse alphabetical order, Sierra, Nate, Mark, John, James, Ian, Leon, Don, Dale, Chris, and Cameron. Thank you so much for supporting the Patreon. I really appreciate it. If you would like to be a patron of the show, go to supportkilowatt.com, and you can sign up and see the different levels and what's offered at each level. At the $1 level, you get a sticker and a handwritten thank you card from me. At the $3 level, you get a sticker and a handwritten thank you card from me. At the $5 level, you get access to the Kilowatt Slack. Honestly, the Patreon Slack right now is just hopping, and I could not be more pleased with how polite and kind everybody is in the Slack. What I really wanted to do with the show is build a community, and it's... The community has definitely happened, whether you're listening to the show or you're emailing me directly or you're part of the Patreon Slack or you're part of Patreon at any level. um, I'm really happy with how the community is doing. In fact, I got two emails from two different Patreon supporters today that I will answer as soon as I'm done with the show. So Mark and Dale, sorry for the delay. I, I was a little busy today. Let's start with the show, shall we? Tesla announced its Q2 2019 delivery and production numbers. Now, we're going to compare these numbers to Q4 2018, which is Tesla's best quarter prior to Q2 2019, which is their new best quarter. I don't think I could have made that more confusing. Let's talk about the numbers. Tesla produced 87,048 vehicles in Q2 2019. That's an increase of 493 vehicles over Q4 2018. So they beat it, the production, by 493 vehicles. Let's talk about delivery numbers. They delivered 95,200 vehicles in Q2 2019. That's an increase of 4,500 cars or vehicles over Q4 2018. So far, so good. So let's break down the production numbers. And first, we're going to talk about Model S and Model X and Tesla really hasn't split out the Model S and the Model X numbers. I'm sure you can look for it and find it, but they generally just put them together. Model S and Model X, Q2 2019, Tesla produced 14,517. Now, Q4 2018, they produced 25,161. So quite a bit more Model S's and Model X's produced in 2018. That's a decrease of 10,644. The Model 3 production numbers, Q2 2019, 72,531 Model 3s were produced in the second quarter. When you look at Q4 2018, 
61,394 cars, Model 3s, were produced, which is an increase of 11,137. That's really good. And if we look at deliveries, Model S and Model X, Q2 2019, they delivered 17,650. Now, in Q4 of 2018, they delivered 27,550, which is a decrease in 9,900 vehicles. Model 3 Tesla delivered in Q2 2019 77,550, which is a great number. And in Q4 2018, they delivered 63,150, which is an increase of 14,400 vehicles. That is fantastic. Now, there's a pretty big drop for Model S and Model X when you compare Q4 2018 and Q2 2019. The delivery numbers are up, though, from Q1 2019 by about 2,000 cars. At this stage, I don't think there's anything to worry about when it comes to the Model S and Model X. Most Tesla customers are pretty savvy, and I really believe that they know that there's going to be a refresh in the fall, so they're not buying Model S and Model Xs right now. But I would imagine that number will jump in the fall. Okay, let's look at inside EVs, Wade Malone. We've talked about Tesla's issues in the past with the battery fires. NEO has also had some recent battery fires, so we're going to talk about those. Both companies are, have independently released updates on their investigations. In the case of the Model S in Shanghai that caught fire, Tesla found that this, a single battery module failed and then that caused the fire. Tesla released an over-the-air update that changed the way the software manages thermal management and charging settings on the Model S and Model X, and hopefully that will reduce the likelihood of the batteries catching on fire and then also increase the longevity of the battery, which is what we talked about a week ago, I believe. NEO had some problems with their ES8 SUVs. To be specific, three ES8 SUVs, they caught fire. Now, they had a battery module problem too, but it's not the same as Tesla's battery module problem. In some cases, the battery module could press up against a voltage sampling cable, and that ultimately is what caused the fire on the ES8s. NEO is recalling 5,000 of the affected vehicles, and they'll manually fix the problem, whereas software could fix the Tesla problem. The NEO problem needs to be fixed with, you know, hands. Now, I bring this up because there are two different issues, but unless someone takes the time to look past the headline, and unfortunately, many people won't, all they're going to see is that EVs catch on fire due to battery modules. And maybe they'll just see EVs just catch on fire. So I am telling you, the informed listener, so that you can inform the uninformed. Because I think it's important to get that information out there. Our next story comes from Fred Lambert of Electric. And actually, it's our next three stories. I just took three of those stories and I squished them into one segment here. Four vice presidents have left Tesla in the, la in the last two weeks. First, Felicia May, which is, she was the VP of HR. Peter Hockholder... Gurr, VP of production, he's going to Lucid Motors, and a lot of former Tesla employees are working at Lucid Motors. Jan Homik, Omik, Vice President of Europe, no idea where they're going. And this next one is hasn't been confirmed by Tesla, but Steve McManus, uh, VP of Interior and Exterior Engineering. 
This departure was reported by Business Insider, but it has not been confirmed or commented on by Tesla. So legacy automakers and EV startups, they're all looking for experienced leaders in the EV industry. And who's more experienced than these folks that work at Tesla? And I'm sure they're backing up a truckload of money into their driveway, hitting the horn, and they're saying, hey, you want all this money? Come work for us. That's just speculation. In regards to Felicia May, the VP of HR and Diversity and Inclusion, Tesla's in a bit of hot water for labor practices, allegedly. In December, some employees met outside the Gigafactory 2 in Buffalo, New York, to announce efforts to unionize, and these efforts were led by the United Steelworkers and the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers. The union, no word on which union in the article, has filed a complaint with the National Labor Relations Board. Tesla is being accused of preventing unionization efforts, coercing and firing individuals. Coercing efforts include surveillance. Tesla has refuted the claim and has released a statement saying that it respects its employees' right to organize. Tesla has been in a bit of trouble before about this, or at least there's been rumors or complaints that Tesla's been doing this. I don't know if they are or they aren't. Uh, And I'm not trying to say Felicia May is leaving because of this. But the news stories were reported just a few days, just within a few days of each other. So, again, no conspiracy theories here. Just interesting facts that I'm throwing out. I'm not, I'm not casting aspersions. Simon Alvarez of Tesla Rati, and this was actually passed on to me by Patreon supporter Mark in the UK. The Euro NCAP New Car Assessment Program an independent organization that tests vehicle safety in Europe. They tested the Model 3 and concluded that the Model 3 is one of the safest cars the agency has ever tested. They gave the Model 3 a five-star rating in all four of its safety tests. The first five-star came in adult occupant protection, child occupant protection, vulnerable road users, which are cyclists and pedestrians, that kind of thing, Safety Assist, which evaluates the car's safety capabilities. So good job, Tesla. Good job, Model 3. That's amazing. I love to see that. Stephen Loveday, Inside EVs. Regulus Cyber, a company that finds vulnerabilities in autonomous systems, was successful at fooling Navigate on Autopilot on a Model 3. Regulus tricked the car's GPS system to take an alternate route All the time, the car thinks that it's going on its intended route. This was all done on very cheap and easy to obtain hardware and software. Now, this wasn't a hack. Nobody took the Model 3 software and changed it in any way. The GPS is actually fooled to think that it's connected to an approved GPS satellite, and when in reality, it's connected to a piece of hardware controlled by a person with unknown intentions. We don't know exactly how this hack was carried out, my guess is the hardware they would used would have to be somewhat close to the intended target. If the hardware was stationary and not moving in another vehicle, you know, eventually the Model 3 is going to drive out of its range and then it will reroute itself to the intended route. I don't think this is a big deal, and here's why. Any car with a GPS can fall victim of GPS spoofing. It's just the way that it is. I believe the only way that that will be fixed is if there's an encrypted message going from the vehicle to the GPS server at all times. I don't know how practical that is because it'll take time to decode the encryption. It may be practical, I don't know. But until that happens or something similar to that happens, 
I just, this is just going to be a problem we just have to deal with. It's just, you know, one of those things. Anybody can walk into your house. Your door is not a very good barrier, to be honest with you. It takes a very, takes very little effort to kick your door down or to knock your door down. All right, with that happy thought, that's the whole show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I hope if you live in the United States, I hope you have a great Independence Day tomorrow. And I will talk to everybody on Friday. 